Hello and welcome to the 479 Podcast with me, Phil Blackburn, and my good friend Jay Richardson. On the 479 Podcast, we will explore issues and talk with people relevant to life here in Fort Smith, Arkansas. Join us. Hey, Jay. <laughs> hey, uh, I'm Phil Blackburn. Phil, yeah, thank you. <laughs> it's Long another day. edition of the 479 Podcast, Jay. Yeah. I'm happy to be here. Are you? I'm thrilled to be here. Are you really happy to be here? I am. You see me? I'm even putting all my stuff away, so I've, so you got my 100% attention. I never get your 100% attention. Well, I'm giving you 85%. How's I'll that? I'll take it. So good to have it. Yeah. So you were in Little Rock this week? I was. We're going through budgets, and that's always fun. Is that as boring as it sounds? Yeah. Is it stressful? It can be. It's also really informative, too, to be quite honest with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll give you an example. So we we were looking at the budgets for uh, defense attorneys, mm-hmm. and they were up there talking about you know their budget and and going through it. And one thing I didn't realize is how how big of a challenge that is. Defense attorneys are to our total uh, justice system uh, from a from a perspective of we don't have enough defense attorneys and we don't pay them anything close to what we should be. The discrepancy between a defense attorney and a prosecuting attorney is significant, mm-hmm. anywhere from twenty to $40,000 in some cases. Wow. So it makes it difficult for those individuals that are incarcerated who, who need to get their day in court to an individual who's getting paid, you know, a half or a quarter of what he, sh- he or she should be making, and they've got to go through 30 different people and try to accommodate each person I mean it's just it's, it was overwhelming and it really brought things into perspective for me so I'm going to be trying to work on some legislation to see how we can appropriate more dollars mm-hmm. towards their direction so we'll see how that goes if you take a dollar of my tax money to the state of Arkansas where's the biggest chunk of that dollar go Ooh, that's a really good question education okay Education will probably be the biggest chunk of your dollar. Okay. And we still need more there. Right. <laughs> right. You need more of my dollars, Jay. I'm not giving them to you. Well, you might. I might, yeah. <laughs> I might. Well, uh, surprisingly enough, dear listeners, we did not gather you here today to talk about Arkansas tax policy, did we, Jay? No, no. We thought we'd talk about something much more intriguing. Right. Masculinity. What's it mean to be male? So I saw an article... Uh, that I read and then I gave to Jay. What's the title of that article, Jay? I see you have it in front of you. Coronavirus safety runs into a stubborn barrier. Masculinity. Masculinity. So we want to talk today and maybe for a couple days about what it means to be male in our culture and uh, how how that affects various things in our culture. We're both, we both happen to be wearing masks at the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a daughter who's quarantined because a friend was exposed. Uh, so that means she is exposed. And so that means I'm being extra careful. Uh, Jay, you're out in the public a lot. So yeah, yeah. We're, we're taking proactive steps. Do you feel emasculated in your mask? No, no. I, I, I mean, and you're pretty good about making me make sure I have it on. So you're always my voice of, of reason in some cases. Uh, but to, to feel like you're demasculated, if that's even the correct term. Emasculated. Emasculated. Uh, because you have a mask on, man. 
that makes you wonder where where are we going? Where did this come from? Uh, and even if I look at my my history of growing up, you know, I've, I've got a very common story growing up, right? I, I didn't have my dad; it was just my mom and my sister and myself. So, growing up in that type of environment, I had a different view or outlook on what masculinity looked mm-hmm. like. And I think one of the benefits in growing up with <laughs> two women was having a better appreciation for women mm-hmm. and having a better appreciation for being me without the sense of what's not masculine and what what is. My mother did a good job of helping me recognize certain things, right? You know, you don't wear dresses, you don't wear lipstick was my mom's yep. conversation to me. And that's because that's what women do. Men don't do that. So those, not that I've ever tried that. I'm using mm-hmm. that as an yes. example of what that conversation would look like. And then as I grew older... Uh, and I had more uh, men mentors, and even my father came back into my life, uh, that that role never changed and that ideology never changed, even even the men that I dealt with. Uh, because dealing with the men that I grew up with, masculinity was just, it was just a, what we call swag nowadays, right? It was just this swag that you had yeah, about you. Yeah. It wasn't something that you overtly went and did or tried to uh, illuminate or, or, or project. It was just uh, a, a way about you that, that knew that you were a man's man. Uh, you mowed the lawn, which I hated to do. Uh, you, so you cut the grass, you, you fixed things, you built things. I mean, in my mind, that's what being a man was all about. So to say that I feel like I'm less of a man because I wear a mask or I've, I'm really macho because I'm not wearing a mask. I mean, that's just crazy to me. Just pure craziness. Yeah, I've had to come to terms over the course of my life because I haven't thought a lot about masculinity in some time. But since I we were going to talk about this today, I was reflecting on it. I've had to come to terms over the course of my life with the fact that I fit very few categories of masculinity naturally. <laughs> What does that mean? I'm not well, laughing at you. No, I'm just I'm going to tell you what it means. And I learned it at a very young age, and it, it was it was a very uh, difficult lesson. Uh, one is I was a sensitive child, right? Like I I was uh, concerned with feelings. Okay. Um, so I was very concerned as a child with how you were feeling, and I was certainly very vulnerable to feeling strong emotions myself. Okay. Feeling strong emotions, experiencing strong emotions, caring about other people's emotions typically uh, is feminine in our culture. Hmm. Uh, so, and I, I wasn't uh, aggressive at all. So in sports, I was very uh, deferential, which was really bad to be playing, have that attitude and play football, <laughs> you know, and uh, not be aggressive. Um, so uh, early on, I was kind of more outside of what traditional masculinity would look like as a child no one ever told me i wasn't acting like a man but it was reinforced by society that i wasn't acting like a man because i didn't fit in in certain ways and i was raised primarily by my mother Mm -hmm. Uh, so my strongest adult influence was female yeah and so uh that reflected itself in those attributes now as a grown male um, I've probably appropriated a bit more of the masculinity of our culture, but I still retain all of those same things, which really helps me as a pastor. Mm-hmm. It's good to care about how people feel when you're a pastor. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and also, I think, as a Christian. Um, the, uh, but it, it was certainly a challenging childhood. 
for me. Yeah. Uh, going through that and not fully understanding why I didn't fit in certain places in my school. So in some places I fit great, other places not great. So like football practice, wrestling practice, I did not fit at mm-hmm. all. Yeah, I man, seeing for you to say that uh, you're sensitive, which that that's surprising to me. I never would have described you as a sensitive individual. Uh, so that that goes to to your point of heartless. You kind of grown <laughs> grown into that, I guess. Heartless, so, Jay. Yeah, no, not no, no, no. That's 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 good stuff, though. That's good stuff. Isn't it, isn't it amazing though how? So so, not speaking from a political perspective, but mm-hmm. but really to see how after reading that article, you know, and to hear how how there are men who are buying into this this propaganda of you know you're not a man you know if you're wearing a mask which is how our current president made comments towards Biden you know call it questioning his masculinity because of wearing a mask and you know at at I don't even know how that even comes into it mm-hmm. if we understand this is how we can protect ourselves and our families from covid is to wear a mask but I'm more of a man because I'm taking more risk, which is what the article talks about, right? right. Is that, that that's part of that masculinity. It's risk-taking. Yeah. You know, yeah. I think one of the things that we wouldn't think about, and we can depoliticize it a little bit by talking about this, but the article mentions it is seatbelts. Yeah, yeah. Men are less likely to wear seatbelts mm-hmm. than women are. I mean, so that in and of itself is a fascinating insight into masculinity in our culture. It's like, I would rather die. Yeah by being projected at 75 miles an hour straight down the highway than wear a strap across my chest. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? It's crazy. But it's not logical. No. It's... So so clearly we're dealing something which, which, ironically, as I talked about being emotional, not being masculine, this is clearly emotional. Yeah. Um, and clearly an issue with male emotions um, of vulnerability and weakness. Yeah, I mean, we we never want to seem weak, right? Never, we, we ever. We never want to be vulnerable. And and even, and I found that out, I mean, I've been married almost 26 years now, and it took me several years to realize it was okay for me to be vulnerable to mm-hmm. the person I'm spending my life with, right? But for some reason, we as men don't feel, it's tough mm-hmm. for some of us. Mm-hmm. I, I shouldn't say all of us, but that's tough for some of us. And even as I raise my son, I can see me, beginning to put those seeds of masculinity into him you know he falls in a trip hey stand up you're good shake you're it good. off right yep don't cry walk it off i right. mean uh you know and my wife may look at oh he's he's gonna be okay but we have a different tone mm-hmm. in how we address mm-hmm. it uh, so that's man. but you know and i know if he trips and falls and then lies there and cries at school yeah he will pay a penalty yes we understand that and our wives don't understand that. yes and so that's that's the whole challenge, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It is. It is, and it's 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 self inflicted to a degree, right? Totally self inflicted. <laughs> like you could tr- you could yeah. alternatively we could raise we both have sons. Yeah. Alternatively, we could raise our sons to say, "Son, if you feel like crying, cry." Yeah. We will be there and support you. You may have a tough time at school, but they don't know what they're talking about, and they're dumb. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like we could say that. But instead, what you and I, I think both have said, is get up. Yeah. Don't cry. You're fine. Yeah. Yeah. It's not something broken or. 
Right, if there's, if there's no, like, you know, open wound where, like, yeah. the bone is sticking through the skin, it's like, ah, yeah. oh, you're fine. That's exactly right. Uh-huh. That's exactly right. Man, I, I don't know, man. It'd be interesting to get some perspectives. I wonder if we can have any of our listeners who may have some perspectives they'd like to share with us on our Facebook page. Yeah, which that you can find at the cool. 479 Podcast. Uh, yeah, it would be interesting to hear other people's takes on just think about their childhood yeah. and, and how it played out with that um and then parenting as well yeah because i'm a firm believer that we parent differently than we were raised Mm -hmm. i mean some things of course we've have 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 followed us on but i do i I know me i parent differently than what i was raised yeah i really and some of those are for lack of having a father and other ones were uh just for pure ignorance of, Mm -hmm. of what it was to be a parent yeah, I, we both had to kind of make it up as we went along yeah. to some degree. Yeah. I had a much clearer idea of what I didn't want to do yeah. than what I yeah, did yeah. want to do. And I think that's that's par for the course in most cases, yeah. right? We, yeah. we know we didn't like this. I don't like getting spanking, so I'm not going to spank. Right. You know, or I don't like cleaning, washing dishes, so I'm going to make my kids wash that's dishes. That's right. <laughs> that was the best day, Jay, when I made my kids start washing dishes. Oh, my, my kids have loved it, and I have loved giving it to them. That's right. I have it. <laughs> Have at it. That is true. So, you know, talking culturally, um, again, without getting too deep into the political waters, how do you see, can you think of various interactions, even over the last week, that have been decidedly shaped by masculine culture or masculinity in the culture? Like, I'm sure Little yeah. Rock is all about masculinity. Well, yeah, that. I mean, you do have that. But I was thinking about something different than that from from a from a sports analogy mm-hmm. I will use you know sitting there watching the cowboy game mm-hmm. and watching Dak you know dislocate or break his ankle or whatever it is and you see the picture he did have a bone coming through yeah, his skin yeah yeah so i'm i'm sitting there and a group of people there's several of us that were sitting around watching this and uh the responses from all of us were were very similar man he didn't even cry until he got on the cart, mm-hmm. and then he's crying, and then we're justifying it in our minds. Well, he's just crying because he can't play anymore. No, he's probably crying because it hurts. And he's sad and scared. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But but it's interesting on how we all mm-hmm. just, oh, wow, he didn't cry when that. Look at he's just yeah. holding it, you yeah. know. Look and, how tough he is. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. So that, that man, in, in reading this article and in, in this conversation, it mm-hmm. helped me go back to that. Uh, that one particular issue but when we talk about what you see in Little Rock man it's it's a little different I mean we just passed we had to actually there was a rule change that was just passed on Monday that forced everyone to wear their mask while they were in the chamber or Mm -hmm. in where we sit in uh, Big Mac behind the Capitol Mm -hmm. Uh, to the point to where you know you won't even be recognized if you don't have this mask on because there were several people who were adamantly opposed to wearing a mask and funny enough, they were all men. Yeah. That's who I see not yeah. wearing them. Uh, you know, I was just at Walmart the other day, and uh, a family was walking in, and the man and man and a wife and a couple daughters, and mm-hmm. uh, he didn't have his mask on. His family all did, and then they had to fuss at him, and he begrudgingly put it yeah. on and then dropped it as soon as he was in the store. But his wife and daughters, all compliant, mm-hmm. he's not. So, and it's, I mean, you could have a whole other conversation about why women are conditioned to be compliant. Um, but we're talking about masculinity today, <laughs> but men are to some degree, especially white men, conditioned to 
be in control, and project strength. Yeah. Those two things. And masks don't do either. Mm-hmm. They, they project weakness because the, you're acknowledging the disease could hurt you, and they project a lack of control because you're submitting yeah. to the uh, authorities. Uh, yeah, and we never want to do that. You never want to be submissive, right? Jay. You never want to be submissive, and you can never tell us what to do. Right. By God, it's my right to do what I want to do. One of the most fascinating things I ever learned about masculinity was in the Roman Empire, Jay. You ready to hear this? Can't wait. About Romans and homosexuality. Are you excited? Yeah, I'm not even know if I'm interested. You're interested. Okay. No, you're not. But I'm going to tell you anyway because I think it's fascinating. <laughs> okay. So in the Roman Empire, uh, it was not uncommon at all for men to be bisexual. And this was acknowledged and this happened and wasn't really a problem Here's the catch, as long as you were the dominant partner. So if, if the male was the dominant partner in the relationship, then socially, culturally, it was completely acceptable. If the male was the submissive partner in the relationship, then they were socially, culturally, and politically uh, exiled. So as long as you were the dominant partner. So if we think we have problems, they go back a long way. Yeah. In terms of, of submiss- submissiveness versus dominance, um, hmm. and and you know we've inherited a lot of those same uh, feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, so I could say more about that, but I'm not gonna. But I think it's a fascinating look back through time of the role of masculinity and how there's a thread that you can pull on, and it pulls a long yeah. way back into history. Yeah, that's that's. I had no idea that. That's that's pretty interesting. Huh. And so, you know, you look around and it's not like this all just grew up in a day. Yeah. It's not like there was this really healthy masculine culture in America and then there was John Wayne <laughs> and everybody and Why do we why does people always put John Wayne as well, the guy as he's, the figure he's, of masculinity? Well, and the ir- irony of that is is that John Ford his const his regular collaborator uh-huh. uh, accused him of being weak and feminine, effeminate. Really? Yeah, he would constantly mock him for being effeminate early in his career. And so Ford, uh, by bullying John Wayne, essentially, uh, created the on-screen model of masculinity with which we are familiar. Ah, interesting. Yeah, So, but Wayne is held up, right, as the model of of masculinity. Stoic, uh, never in over his head, always seemed in control. So who would be your figure in today? Like right now, today, yeah. of, of cultural masculinity or yeah. ideal? Because yeah. those are two different things. Like, I think ideally, you would not be such a picture of, of those two things of, of control and uh, power. I, I think those are the two for strength. So I mean, culturally. Culturally, you know, so that we can avoid politics, um, I'm going to say uh, somebody like Bill Belichick. Mm. Uh, the head coach of the New England Patriots. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for those of you who aren't sports fans and listen to us, uh, Belichick always projects control. Mm-hmm. Always. He shows almost no emotions, uh, and he never projects any sort of weakness. Yeah. Always. That's he, a good point. He, he always looks that way. You see other coaches that have broad emotional swings on the sidelines and those coaches tend to I think 
be more criticized and, and over time mm-hmm. uh, and a little bit they're seen in more as uh, not head coach material if they have law, big emotional outbursts yeah. on the sidelines um, so I, I think that like if, if I had to pick one I'd say Belichick who would you say non-politician non-politician Samuel L. Jackson. Yes, great example. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. who I would His characters are always in control. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Yep. So that would be it. Um, yeah, and you know, you think about, so, so if you're listening to this and you haven't really thought about it, if you're a guy, think about your own life and behaviors. Think about your relationship to emotions, your relationship to strength, and your relationship to control. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're a woman, think about those same things uh, in relationship to the men you know or the men you're raising. Mm. Uh, and look for these things in popular culture. Um, to, to That's see. what I would be curious to hear from is women. Women's yeah. perspective, especially if they're raising boys, boy or boys. Well, let's, let's find a woman to talk with next week about this, Jay. Do you know any women? Nope. Me neither. Well, we'll try to meet one. We'll, f- we'll find somebody. We'll find a female to discuss masculinity with yeah. us, maybe, or two females next week. That would be, I think that would be pretty interesting. Okay. We should ask Sarah when she was here last I time. know, that was a lost opportunity. God. She'll definitely not come on again. So. Yeah, well, I can't say I blame can't her. Can't blame her. No. Well, Jay, any final thoughts for our listening audience? No. Thank you, folks, for listening. The few people that do, we really appreciate you. Yep, we love you. And uh, we will talk to you next week. Adios. Peace. Thanks for listening to the 479 Podcast. Please be sure to subscribe to this podcast on Apple or Spotify. And please give it a review. You can also follow us on Facebook. Until next time, thank you.